If the New Orleans Saints really want to dive into the mobile quarterback market, there are some things to consider, including some really exciting options from the Baltimore Ravens. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, for making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, we're free and available on all podcast apps and on YouTube as well. I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson. Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media, CrescentCitySports.com, USA Today Saints Wire, Tuesdays on Locked On NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked On Saints. On today's episode, should the New Orleans Saints be interested in pursuing Baltimore Ravens quarterback Tyler Huntley this offseason? I'm going to tell you why it is complicated for them to do so. We'll discuss the mobile quarterback conundrum. Is it a benefit? Is it a detriment? But first, and I don't do this very often, I usually like to make sure that whatever it is that I promise you in titles, in cold opens, all that stuff, that that is always the first thing that I talk about. So usually I would come into an episode like this and I would immediately start talking about whether or not the New Orleans Saints should, should pursue Tyler Huntley. But here's the thing. There is a rub. And here's what it is. Before even considering Tyler Huntley, you got to look into Lamar Jackson. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. It's okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Don't give up on me just yet. Don't call me crazy. I mean, you can call me crazy. I'm nuts. I'm wild. I do a daily podcast. I'm nuts. I'm crazy. Like, it's okay. Uh, but you got to at least... You got to at least look into it, right? Especially if the New Orleans Saints are interested in going the mobile quarterback route, right? You think about their pursuit of um, how interested they were in Patrick Mahomes. You think about their pursuit of uh, uh, Deshaun Watson. You think about, you know, look, they're, they're already being connected in a couple of different ways to guys like Will Levis and all that. So when you look at where the New Orleans Saints have kind of been trending over the course of the recent past, it's a it, it's about mobile quarterbacks and not just like mobile quarterbacks that are running backs, right? Not your Marcus Mariota's, not your like those mole. It's the guys like Lamar Jackson. It's the guys that can pass, but then also use their legs to expand plays, to get out of trouble, to pick up yardage. And of course, to be a factor, right? To be a difference maker, an X factor, whatever it might be. Now, of course, the Baltimore Ravens utilize Lamar Jackson in a very specific way. They want him to be a part of their run game. But for the Saints, it makes perfect sense that they would at least, at least take a look at Lamar Jackson to see if they could find a way to get it done. And I know, look, SpotRack right now has his, which is a website that breaks down all contracts and all that other stuff, has his market value going into the offseason at $42 million going into the 2023 NFL season. So it would take a lot of lift. It would take a big lift in order to make it work. But let's face it, the New Orleans Saints were willing to do that for Deshaun Watson. They were in a worse salary cap situation last year than they're going to be in going into this season. And they still almost made it work for Deshaun Watson. They did make it work in terms of clearing the books. Then they got to spend that money in a whole bunch of other ways that I think was a better use of that money anyway. But when it comes to the opportunity to potentially land a guy like Lamar Jackson, then all of a sudden, especially with this injury late on the season, how does that impact his market, all that other stuff, then I think you go for it. But you just have to check in. Doesn't mean that it's going to work. Doesn't mean you have to get serious into the bidding war and stuff like that. You can if you want to, but 
it's not a full necessity for you to be able to for you to go and do that. I think he he likely stays in Baltimore anyway. So that means that maybe Tyler Huntley says, "Hey, please, 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 like let me hit the market." And should the New Orleans Saints be interested in him? Let's be very, very real here. Okay, there are some flaws in Tyler Huntley's game. He's not the most accurate passer, even when he does scramble and utilize his legs. His his vision can sometimes be limited. And you don't have the coaching staff right now to support a quarterback that is that type of a threat. Otherwise, maybe you would have seen Taysom Hill get more reps over the course of this season, right? So you have to sort of figure out, can you make a game plan work for him? Just like we sort of talked about yesterday with Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee and all that. But you also have to help him develop into a better passer. So you have to make the kinds of leaps and bounds that you sort of made with, with Jameis Winston. I mean, you look at the, the leaps and bounds that you made with him in 2022 can you replicate that Sean Payton effect in 2023 with a new offensive coordinator or with a new look on offense or whatever it might be? So Tyler Huntley, to me, is an interesting pursuit option for the New Orleans Saints. It is a little complicated. I'll tell you why a little bit later on, but right now I'm just focusing on like the player and his game. He is a guy that is fantastic with the ball in his hands when he's able to get out of trouble. Sometimes he has a little bit of trouble getting out of that trouble. And so you have to kind of increase what he can do in terms of field vision, things like that. He is also somebody, as we mentioned, that struggles with accuracy. But if you have guys like Michael Thomas potentially coming back, if you can keep Jarvis Landry, if you can keep a guy, I mean, you will keep a guy, but you've also got Chris Olave, you've got Rashid Shahid. These guys are good hands receivers. And three of them in particular are guys that kind of have a pretty expansive catch radius and can be those inaccuracy erasers. Certainly Michael Thomas can be if you're able to maintain and keep him in a New Orleans Saints uniform in 2023. So I think that there are ways that you would help a guy like Tyler Huntley. And let's be real, like doesn't mean that you necessarily have to grab Tyler Huntley in the hopes that he becomes your future quarterback, right? Maybe you don't want to invest in this year's quarterback draft class because you don't have the first round pick, but you're looking for somebody to bridge that gap and maybe take you into the direction of where a 2024 quarterback could then take you, who are some of the best mobile quarterbacks that we're going to see in terms of the NFL draft in its recent years. So you start to mold a little bit of what that game plan looks like with a guy like Huntley, but know that eventually you're going to make that transition to a younger, mobile, more accurate quarterback down the road. Doesn't mean that it has to be the end-all be-all. And I think oftentimes like we tend to look at whatever you do this offseason is what exists forever, but that's not always the case, right? Sometimes you're building two, three years in advance. You're working on transitioning something to get it ready for the next quarterback. Look at the Atlanta Falcons. They're doing that with Desmond Ritter, and they did it all season with Desmond Ritter. So there's a lot of examples of that. So that is certainly a way that the New Orleans Saints could go that doesn't lock them in to a guy like Tyler Huntley. If they do decide that they want to be going towards a mobile quarterback, though, which you started to see hints of over the course of the past few seasons, then Huntley could be a guy to help them get there with another quarterback under center. Because if you think about it, what's your other option there? You bring Andy Dalton back, but then you have this pocket passer, effectively. Same thing with Jameis Winston, who is mobile. He can get out of the way. He can scramble and all those stuff, but he's not somebody that you build a run game plan around or have that as a part of your playbook, right? So if you want to start to lean into that, leaning in with Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston at the helm isn't as effective. Leaning in with Taysom Hill would be more effective, but we know that that's not going to happen. And I don't know if it should happen, right? So then instead, you look to the market and you try to find a way to bring in a guy that has that skill set so you start to build in that vision moving forward. Okay, but is that the right choice for the New Orleans Saints? So we talked about what might justify that choice, but let's break down whether or not it is 
the right choice for the New Orleans Saints going into 2023. We'll break that down as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. And today's episode is brought to you and sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. I've been very transparent about my relationship with therapy. I come from a community that didn't see therapy as uh, anything more than, uh, uh, than, you know, bad, like there was a bad stigma around it. And so it took a long time for me to kind of make the leap that's necessary in order to make sure that I was taking care of myself. And when I did it, it's kind of like I realized that it's just like going to gym for your mind. Like that's really what it is. And that's why I love BetterHelp because BetterHelp, that gym is always open and it's 100% online, which makes things so much easier as well. No waiting rooms, no traffic. I know you hate traffic. I hate traffic. And no endless searching for the right therapist. You sign up, you do a questionnaire, they pair you up with the a therapist they feel like is going to be a good match based upon what you tell them about yourself, which is a super dope concept. And then it's free to change if that person doesn't work out. It's not a self-help line. It's not a crisis line, anything like that. It is licensed online professional therapy available to you in video chat, phone call, even text chat if you want to go about it. So get unstuck with BetterHelp today. Learn more and save 10% off of your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. That is betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, is going the mobile quarterback route even the right decision for the New Orleans Saints, or would they have to make too many changes in order to make that work? And are those changes worth it? We're breaking that all that down, all of that down, as we continue on with today's future series episode of Locked on Saints for our free agency Friday. Appreciate you as always making Locked on Saints your first, second, third, fourth, tenth listen of the day. I feel like I've been doing so many of these and I'm loving it. I'm having a great time. Hope you're enjoying it as well. For your next listen today though, make sure you go and check out Locked on Sports today. Get everything you need to know around the world of sports from the Locked on local experts who are taking you beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes in the way that only Locked on can. Available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Going the mobile quarterback route, I think, is what you have to do right now in order to be successful in the NFL. I know that not many mobile quarterbacks have won Super Bowls, but also just contextually, contextually, just contextually and context-wise, there have only been a small percentage of mobile quarterbacks over the existence and entirety of the NFL history, and there are only a small set of quarterbacks that win Super Bowls, about 50 of them, (laughs) just over 50 of them. So it makes sense to me that you would have a smaller number of mobile quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls than those that are pocket passers and have won Super Bowls. That makes perfect sense to me. And I also don't look at Super Bowls as a quarterback win. It's a team thing, right? It's one of the reasons why I don't really like the conversation around how Tom Brady won all of those Super Bowls when very clearly his defense won him a couple of them things. So I think that like that's why I don't necessarily think it's a bad choice to go towards the mobile quarterback route. And I think in an NFC South that has been built for guys like Matt Ryan, guys like Drew Brees, guys like Tom Brady, guys like Jameis Winston, and even to an extent, later year guys or a guy like later year Cam Newton that all of a sudden introducing, and that has now been reformed for Sam Darnold, for Baker Mayfield, for Tom Brady, all these other guys, that reforming and building your offense around a mobile quarterback isn't really a bad idea at this time. But that's my opinion. What you would have to do in order to make that happen 
is you have to change the offensive scheme. The offensive scheme as a short to intermediate attacking, accurate passer, West Coast Air Coriel offensive blend does not support a mobile quarterback. We've seen that with Taysom Hill, right? Like you wonder sometimes, at least I do, if Taysom Hill would have been perceived better as a quarterback in New Orleans if the scheme wasn't still Drew Brees and Sean Payton's scheme. And if it was a little bit more of a Baltimore, Buffalo type of scheme, minus the deep throws, right? The deep throw accuracy isn't the same as what you have with guys like Lamar Jackson and and, uh, and Josh Allen. Or this current version of Josh Allen, not the, not the version of Josh Allen that was drafted who had no accuracy at all. So I wonder sometimes if like Taysom Hill would be perceived differently as a co- as a quarterback if he was in a system that was more built towards his mobile ways, utilizing his legs, things like that, as opposed to sort of retroactively built in that way, reactionarily built in that way. So if you're going to go that route, which it, it looked like the Saints were interested in just simply in the pursuit of Deshaun Watson, again, not a guy that rested laurels on uh, the run game, but that had that ability. You could run the RPOs, you could run the read options, you could do all of those things with that quarterback and also still throw the ball and be a pocket passer first and foremost, and then utilize the, your legs as a second option. You you can see that the Saints were interested there, but do they have the system to support that right now? I think the answer is no. I think they don't have that system right now. So if you're going to go that route, you have to develop that system. You have to reform your offensive system and be ready to utilize a mobile quarterback. So that would mean going a different direction at offensive coordinator, going a different direction in your offense entirely, right? You have to change the entire system in terms of what you're trying to maintain from the Sean Payton days. And you have to start looking around the NFL. This is one of the reasons why looking at guys like Steve Steichen, for instance, over at um, over in Philly, right? If you decide to go the offensive direction at head coach within the next couple of years, you got to go that way. Remember, we're not just talking about 2023 here. We're looking down the road as all. Well. It's a future series. That's what we're here for. And so when you look at like what it would take to do that, you would have to make some big changes in terms of what the identity of this offense is, but at least you'd have an identity because that's one of the biggest issues that Saints had faced all throughout this season is that they didn't really have that identity at all, right? They had Jameis Winston, all of a sudden they were this big play offense, but then they weren't really. And then they had, you know, Andy Dalton comes in, he takes over. We're going to be an offense that moves the ball down the field and that puts points on the board. Then you weren't that either. And then it's like, oh, well, you're a run team. Look at you putting up over 200 rushing yards in a couple of games. And you couldn't be that in terms of longevity either. Oh, we're going to be a defensively led team. Well, the run defense is pretty bad. So like you can't. So there was no real identity there. So at least if you reform everything, if you change the philosophy, which takes time, you're not going to see that type of success off of one year, then all of a sudden, and I don't mean 2022, I mean, looking ahead to 2023, you might not find a lot of success when you immediately, if you decide to change the philosophy, you might not see the immediate success next year, but at least you're building towards an identity. If you get a quarterback that reflects that, an offensive coordinator and play caller that reflects that, or even a head coach and play caller that that reflects that, depending upon what direction the Saints do or don't go in terms of regime regime change and things like that, then all of a sudden you start to build that identity, operate with that identity, and you get back to a winning culture. So is that the right decision for the New Orleans Saints? Well, we'd have to see it in order to know, but would Tyler Huntley be a good option there? I do think he would be a good starting option in terms of making sure you're building that offense, just like we discussed. Maybe you're building it for a different quarterback 
but you build it with a guy like Huntley so that you're starting to kind of see, okay, how does this work? How does that work? And you're kind of ironing out all of those things. So can you figure that out or do you just make that big change no matter what? I think Huntley would be a good person to figure that out with. But signing a guy like Tyler Huntley this offseason does come with caveats and it is a complicated situation. I'll tell you why as we continue on to wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made the way that it always should have been made, if I'm being honest. I absolutely love this. It's you versus the house. There's no spreadsheet wizards. It's not you versus a bunch of like mystery lineups. It's just you, your knowledge, your favorite players, the, the, the game that you know and love, and projections. That's it. You pick two to five players, MLB, NFL, NBA, whatever it is that you love, pick two to five players, and then you simply choose whether or not they're going to come in at more or less than their prize picks projection. So for instance, an Alvin Kamara uh, projection might be you know more you know 37 and a half rushing yards. You pick whether he's going to have more than that. You pick whether or not he's going to have less than that. You do that for two or three more players. And then all of a sudden you could be winning up to 10 times your entry back. It only takes you like 60 seconds to get these entries in. So it's totally worth it. Totally worth your time. Go and check them out today at prizepicks.com and on the prize picks app. And don't forget, if you're a first-time user, you can also get a 100% instant deposit match by utilizing the promo code Locked On. So you put $100 down, you get $100. You put $50 down, you get $50. You know how numbers work. They'll get you all taken care of today over at prizepicks.com or on the PrizePicks app. Don't forget that promo code Locked On. Let's get it. Who that Nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Yeah, Tyler Huntley could be an interesting option for the New Orleans Saints, but it's not as simple as picking up the phone, calling him up, calling up his agent and saying, hey, homie, we want you in New Orleans. You want to come through? It's not going to be that easy. Here's why that is the case. Two things, kind of. First thing is the restricted free agent tag. That is what will sort of be on the way for Tyler Huntley. So what does this mean? Because Tyler Huntley entered the league the way that he did, his outstanding next season in terms of who he will be or what he's looking at in terms of his contract is going to be based on what is called the unrestricted, excuse me, the restricted free agent tender. So with him coming into the league as an undrafted guy and with him being in the league for so many years, last year he was put on, um, you know, I believe it was a tender as an exclusive rights free agent. This year, he gets the restricted rights free agent or restricted free agent tag. So what does that mean? That means that teams can't just call him or his agent up once free agency opens and say, hey, we want you here. Do you want to come through? You want to come sign, right? What's going to happen oftentimes with these types of situations is that the team that holds his rights, which will be the Baltimore Ravens, have three options. They get to either on the lowest scale, which is the lowest kind of pay scale, Say, okay, we at least want right of first refusal. So we'll offer you this one contract. If you sign that tender, then you're you're with us for a year. But if you get an offer sheet from somebody else, we get an opportunity to match that. So let's say that they put that first or that that um that, that right of first refusal tender down on Tyler Huntley. And then the New Orleans Saints say, hey, we want to offer you a two-year, let's say. $12 million per year deal. I'm just making some numbers up, sorry. But let's say that they do that, right? Two years, $24 million. The Ravens could say, okay, now we get an opportunity to match that. So yeah, we'll give you two years, $24 million. So now you're staying with us. And then he has to stay with the 
Baltimore Ravens. The next level of that tender, which is a little bit more expensive, starts to get into the four or five million dollar range. It may even be more going into 2023, is what's called a second round tender. So it's exactly the same thing that I just described. You put the one year tender down. If the Saints were to say, hey, Tyler, I know you're on that second year or that second round tender over there, you're looking at around five and a half, six million dollars. We'll give you two years, $24 million to come through here in New Orleans. If the Baltimore Ravens see that happen, they have the opportunity in a certain amount of days to match that offer, which then would mean that he would remain a New Orleans, remain a Baltimore Raven, or they say, no, go ahead, go ahead. You can head over to New Orleans. The trick is because it's a second round tender, the Saints would then have to send a second round draft pick to the Baltimore Ravens in order to receive the rights to Tyler Huntley. There is a step above that that gets a little bit higher, a little bit more expensive for the Baltimore Ravens. That's a first round tender. We saw the New Orleans Saints be the only team to use a first round tender just a few years ago during that one season when they put a first round tender on Taysom Hill. That is the exact same process, but instead of the Saints having to send over a first round pick, they'd have or a second round pick, they'd have to send over a first round pick, which they don't have this season. So that's the first piece of the complication is that Baltimore kind of controls everything when it comes to the rights of. Tyler Huntley. And they, if they want to set it up as such, they could make sure that they receive something in return. This is where things get tricky because the way that I've sort of talked about, and this is where the second factor comes in, which is, are you willing to pay the price? The way that I've spoken about Tyler Huntley is kind of around this idea of him being a bridge to help you reform your offense and build things around a mobile option quarterback, right? That's the way that I'm going to describe him. A mobile option quarterback, not a guy that's going to completely do it all with his legs, but has that option. Are you really willing to pay a second round pick to make that happen? Or do you go to another young quarterback to try to make that happen? Do you go elsewhere? Do you draft, do you draft somebody else? Do you look for, look for another quarterback in free agency? Do you go that route instead? I think that's more likely. I don't think that you give up a second round pick for Tyler Huntley if he's not going to be a part of your future. It's one thing to roll the dice in the draft. It's another thing entirely to give up assets for a player that you already kind of know who he is in the NFL. And it's another thing, a third thing, to give up that asset for a player that you know is probably not going to be a part of your future. You just kind of need them so that you can reframe your stuff and build out the offense. And then, hey, if it works out, it works out. I don't think that that's a situation that you really want to lean in on. So instead, you're probably looking at the market for other mobile quarterbacks that you can start to rebuild some things around. And there aren't a ton. I'm looking at the list right now. There's not a ton of those guys that are out there. Taylor Heineke could be a guy that's you know pesky there who's going to have a little bit of a market. Obviously, Lamar Jackson, as we discussed, but again, Lamar Jackson's a guy you invest in and you're like, okay, that's your future. Nick Mullins is one of those guys. There's not a lot of good options in terms of who those guys, who those guys are. Now, one other route, just to say it, when it comes to a bridge quarterback for the 2023 season is you could go back to Teddy Bridgewater. Could go back to Teddy Bridgewater, but he's not going to help you get that like mobile quarterback thing if that's the direction that the New Orleans Saints want to go. So that's the part of it that makes it very complicated is you, you kind of have this roadblock of the restricted free agent deal. If they put the second round tender on them, do you really want to give up that asset instead of using that asset on a younger player in the draft? Not that Tyler Huntley's old. He's like 24 years old right now and everything. And, and, and let's face it, if you drafted Hinden Hooker, who we did, who we talked about in our third round, or excuse me, in our Thursday uh, 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 draft 
uh, episode. It's the same age, <laughs> both of those guys, because Hinton Hooker is a little bit older uh, than Mo- or he'd be the third oldest quarterback ever drafted. So yeah, I mean, like that's that's something to consider there. Like if you're gonna blow a second round pick on Hinton Hooker, who's coming off of an ACL injury, would you would you spend a second round pick on Tyler Huntley, who's potentially coming in healthy? We'll see. Now this entire episode might be completely moot by the time that we get around to Monday's episode because we might see Tyler Huntley starting against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, and he might look terrible. And that might answer your question right there, unless you feel like maybe you can get a better system for him. But literally, the system that he's playing in right now is like the perfect system to be built for him, as it's the system that's built for Lamar Jackson, except maybe you ask him to be a little bit more of a passer, a little bit less of a rusher in some of the other systems. So we're going to learn a lot about Tyler Huntley just this weekend. I appreciate y'all. As always, making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Hope you're enjoying the two-a-days, y'all. Hit me up. Let me know. Uh, now that it is, now that we're wrapping up here for the week, Friday and over the weekend in the YouTube comments at Locked On, uh, in the, the Locked On Saints YouTube, or excuse me, Facebook group, which you can join at facebook.com slash groups slash Locked On Saints. And of course, on Twitter at Ross Jackson, let me know what are your biggest questions for the season? I'll pick three and then we'll start to get ready when we start doing our two-a-days again uh, here throughout the rest of the week. Remember, that'll be on Wednesday. Somebody gave me a name for it that I really, really like. I've seen some what-if Wednesdays. I've seen some some things like that. Where they go on Wednesdays, things like that. But I really, really liked War, War, War Room Wednesday, although I have a lot of trouble saying it. So we're, we're, we're narrowing down on a name. So I'm going to probably put up a, a, a poll in a couple of different places and get your thoughts on which names you like as well. So we'll get to those questions on Wednesday. Monday and Tuesday, we're breaking down everything you need to know around your New Orleans Saints, the present, but then also Monday, Mock Draft Monday for a future episode. So we get to have a little bit of fun there. Thanks again, as always, y'all. Uh, make sure you go and check out Locked On Sports today for your second listen today. Get all the news, stories, analysis, big stories, take of the day, everything you need around the world of sports in around 22 minutes. Uh, you can find it on the Odyssey app, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. Thanks again for making us uh, part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. If you see me, say hi. And as always, if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Learn how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mobbing them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.